You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethlehem Temple Church in Middletown, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's give our great God a round of applause on this morning. Facebook family and friends and those who are watching on social media, we apologize that we're not uh, on schedule on our regular time, but we just got a joy out of watching our children do their children program on this morning. So we are taping a little bit late, but we thank and praise God you can still watch it by the help of the Lord. So we thank and praise God for all of you who joined us here in person and those of you who are watching online. This morning, I invite your attention to the golden text of the Bible. Some of y'all saying, what are you talking about? I invite your attention to the most familiar verse of scripture in the Bible. Some of y'all still don't know what I'm talking about. Turn to St. John 3.16. St. John 3.16 is going to be where I'm going to lift a thought for this morning's Christmas message on today. I'm going to read just one verse because I'm not going to uh, elaborate a lot of the context, but I'm going to extrapolate a thought from this text. King James Version says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? but have everlasting life. I would like for you to think up on the subject this morning. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. To tell the Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For loving me. For loving me. See, I, I, I can thank God for loving you, but I really thank you. I said, I can really thank you for loving me. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to present your word. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank, you, thank you, Lord, for loving me. A woman and her grandmother were sitting on the porch one day discussing another member of the family in an unusual way like many will do on tomorrow. He's just no good, the young woman said. He's completely untrustworthy and not to mention lazy. Yes, he's bad, the grandmother said as she rocked back and forth in her rocker, but Jesus loves him. I'm not sure about that, the younger woman persists. Oh yes, but surely the ever legend said, Jesus loved him. And then she rocked and thought for a few more minutes, and then she added, of course, Jesus don't know him like we do. <laughs> You'll get it in a minute. Do, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel, does God really love me? Do you feel like that I have made so many mistakes in my life, there's no possible way God can love somebody like me. My life is in shambles and you look around and you see other people who seemingly have it all together 
and you're wondering, here I am going through this holiday season, and it feels like God doesn't love me. But first of all, let me assure you that all of us are a hot mess. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Tell him, he's all up in your business. I'm talking about we all are a hot mess, if the truth be told. And if God was to mark iniquity, none of us would be able to stand. And, and if God said only the perfect folk could come to church, would, the church would be empty. And, and secondly, let me let you, know, let you know that God is not surprised about the mess that we're in. God is not caught off guard by the situation that you find yourself in. In actuality, that is why we need a Savior. The who of Christmas is Jesus. The why of Christmas is because we are sinners and we need a Savior to come and die for us. I kind of read this poem uh, for the last several years and I found it by Max Lucado, but somebody else probably wrote it and this is just his version. He said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need would have been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need would have been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. If our greatest need would have been for something else, God would have provided that. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So what did he send? A savior. Luke 2.11 says, For unto us born this day in the city of David, a Savior, not an entrepreneur, not a good role model, not somebody that, that, that just a good example, but a Savior. And he said, His name is Christ the Lord. The question you may be asking, and I'm glad you did, why in the world do I need a Savior? The first reason we need a Savior is because of the character of God. God is holy. God is distinct. And I know that in our day and time, we want to have a God that we can control. We want a God we can put on a wall. We want a God we can put in our pocket. We want a God that, tell, that does whatever we tell him to do. But God is holy. And God told man in the garden, in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Because of God's character, God cannot relinquish what he said. And because he is holy, he cannot get himself involved the way he wants to get involved with mankind because sin separated us from God. Secondly, we need a Savior because we as human beings, we have sinned in Adam and came falling short of the glory of God. What does Roman tell us? He says, for all have sinned. I said all have sinned. And that in the Greek, all of us have sinned in Adam. In other words, just like you inherit your facial features, some of your heredity, some of your uh, markers in your body, and some of your illness from your forefathers, what we inherit from Adam is a sin nature. So we are a sinner by nature. I say this oftentimes too, but think about it. How many of us had to teach our children how to tell a lie? It's just sinners. 
We come out, the psalmist says, speaking lies. But we got to teach them how to tell the truth because we were born in sin. The psalmist said, and shaped in iniquity. So we all have sinned in Adam. But, 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 but that's not the end of the story. But he said, we come short. We keep on coming short of the glory of God. How many of you ever played darts? And you throw the darts to try to hit that little bullseye in the middle. He said, we all have come. We all are sinned in Adam. And we keep on missing the mark. No matter how good we do, no matter how well we come to church, no matter all of our faithfulness, all those good work, we miss the mark. And we cannot save ourselves. And I thank God for his love for me because God didn't send Jesus down to earth to be a philosopher. He didn't send him down to be a martyr. He didn't send him down to be a, a, a victim of the circumstances, but he sent him down to be a substitute. Yes. Yes. That's what Christmas is all about. He came to be a substitute for you and I that he would take our place on a place where we should have gone to. He said, now I'll take your place in our stead. In, in other words, he came and died that we might live. He came and took our stripes that we might be healed. He became poor that we might become rich. He came with a burden on the cross so we could be free. He came to destroy the works of Satan so now sin don't have no reign over our lives anymore when we're in Christ. He came to fulfill the law so now when we're in Christ the law don't have no demands on our lives. Thank you for loving me because what Christ did for us in coming not as a victim because you remember when he was on the cross they said if you be the son of God get down off the cross and why don't you save yourself but he wasn't a victim. Jesus said uh, uh, no man can take my life. In other words, he wasn't a victim of the circumstance. He wasn't in a place where he couldn't change. See, some of us, we act all bad because we know we can walk out of it. But when you're in a situation that you can't get out of and you still say, you can't take my life. Jesus said, unless I lay it down, you can't take it. And, and he said, I'm not a victim because when I lay it down, just give me three days. He said, I'm going to check into the tomb. I'm going to check into the hotel for three days. Put it on Joseph's tab because I ain't going to stay there long. Because after three days, I'm going to get up with all power in my hand. I, I, I think God for loving me because he did not go to the cross or he wasn't born out of disgust. Now, some of us, when we look at it, we do things uh, for the wrong motives. We do them because it's the lesser of two evils. Uh, I don't want to get personal, but sometimes our kids ask for money. And we don't want to give them money, but sometimes that's better than you coming back home. <laughs> so the lesser of two evils. I'd rather be out a few dollars and you be on your own than you back in my place. Yes. When it came to Jesus, God didn't send Jesus out of this, 
God said, I'm sick of these folk. He didn't look down upon our sin and say, here they go again. He didn't look down upon them and say, I wish I would have not even created them. But when he looked down, if we were the only ones down here, he would have died for us as individuals. Tim Keller puts it like this. The Christian gospel is that I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me. And yet I'm so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. In other words, when it was time for him to come and die for us, there was no reluctancy. There wasn't no drawback. There wasn't no, I, I just hate to do Like sometimes I just hate to do this. I hate to go to work. I hate to do this. But when it came to die for us, because he loved us so, he said, I'll step out of eternity. I'll step out of glory. I'll put on my work clothes, and I'll come down and die for mankind. That's why Romans 5 and 8 tells us that God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said while we were yet in our sinful state, Christ demonstrated, Christ proved his love. If you want to know that whether Christ is for you, just look at the cross. Look and he came from heaven down to die on the cross for you and I. When we look at this, Luke tells us he didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. He didn't come into the world to call the uh, socialites. He didn't call come into the world to call those people that the most influential in the community. He didn't come and call those who got titles and got all types of things, but he came for just regular people like you and I, that we can display his grace in a mighty way. He came to tax collectors that were hated. He came to people that was caught in adultery. He came to people that were social outcasts. He came on 8th Avenue. He came to the strip club where you were. He came to the house that you was hanging out in. He, he came to where we were. And he, he came searching for us until he found us. Thank you, Lord, for loving you. Some of us thought we was hiding out, but he found us. Some of us was hiding out in places and said, he'll never know where I'm at. But when he put his love on us, he went through everything to find us on the dance floor, in the party room, in the back of the crack house, in prison. He came looking for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. See, you can't appreciate because you don't know me. The old folks say, you don't know. Like I know. So when I say, Lord, thank you for loving me, I got a lot to be thankful for. Back in the day, we used to sing a song that I was singing. This is my song for the day. Deep in sin. Far from a peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. 
and from the waters lifted me. Now say, say I'm saved. Hey, say I'm saved. Save them all your love lifting me. When the police couldn't scare me, love lifting me. When drugs couldn't get me out of a situation, love lifting me. When folk couldn't come until my rescue, love lifting me. When nothing else could help, it was love that picked me up, turned me around. That's why I said, Lord, I thank you for loving me. Somebody came out again with the poem, and I don't know who it originated with, but it said, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. said, if God had a wallet, your photo would be in it. He said, every spring, God gives you flowers. Think about it. He said, he sends you a sunrise every month. He said, face it, friend, God is crazy about you. God didn't promise days without pain. Laughter without sorrow, without sunshine and rain. But what he promised is strength for the day. See, some of y'all need just some strength for the day. You might have lost a loved one this past year, and this is going to be the first time on tomorrow that that loved one won't be there in your family. You're going to miss all the things and the memories they bring. But the thing about it, he'll give you strength for the day and comfort for tomorrow. He knows how to wipe every tear. From your eyes, can I get an amen? Thank you for loving me. See, he just didn't carry out the gospel plan. He just didn't come out of glory so he could say, I can pull a fast one on the devil. But he came as the perfect gift. Now, tomorrow, some of us are going to be getting gifts. We wonder, how come they give me this? No, now come on, y'all just be real. You're going to get some socks. I got all the socks I need. Get a tie. I don't even wear ties. We're going to get gifts, and we are appreciative, no doubt about it. But see, the perfect gift is a gift that is personal to you. And the perfect gift is a gift that meets a need. And the perfect gift is sacrificial. That's why the Bible says in our text, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice as I move on, he says, for God so loved the world. The world, he's not talking about the earth or the, the atmosphere. He's talking about God loves the people. God loved us so much. Notice, his love gave his only begotten son. When we look at this, the love of God is sacrificial. He gave. He gave us by giving the greatest sacrifice, the only one that could bridge the gap between God and man. See, when man sinned, it put man on one side, God on the other side, and there was a chasm between them. But when Jesus came as the one mediator, he put his hand on God and man, and he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw. Not some men, I'll draw all men to me. The black man, the white man, the Hispanic, the Asian, all men, the Caucasian, no matter where you fall in the category, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw them under me. The love of God was sacrificial again, but also the love of God was valuable. He gave his only son. 
think about it. If you, in your imagination, had 10 cars and you gave one away, you say, ah, that ain't no big deal. But if you only had one and you gave it away, then it gives a more significant meaning of the gift that was given. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was a, a sacrifice on his part. Notice this. He says God's love was personal. He sent his son. Now notice, he didn't send an angel to die for us. He sent his son. He, he didn't tell Michael Gabriel, go down there and rescue his people. He, he, when, when, when sin said we're guilty, when sin said there's judgment coming, when sin said all men have sinned and the wages of sin is death, the judge said, Guilty as charged. But then when the judge do that, he said, let me take off my robe. I'm going to go down and die for them. I'm going to take this plate. We think of something, live and he loved me. Died and he saved Bear he carried my sins far away. Rise and he justified me. Free me forever. One day he's coming. God's love is accessible. Somebody said, well, God's love is way out there. No, he said, whosoever believeth in him. All you got to do is put your faith in him. God didn't make hell or a place without him for us initially. It was for Satan and when he failed. But God is a God that will give you a choice. If you choose not to believe in him, you will live a Christless eternity. I know they don't preach that now, but there's still a place called hell. There's still a place you want to avoid. And the choices you make today may determine where you be tomorrow. So make your peace and your election sure. Make Jesus your choice this morning. He says, should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm going through this quickly. Notice he says that we shall have everlasting life. God's love has benefits to him. We shall have everlasting life. In, in other words, when we die, it's only beginning. We have eternal life and everlasting life. And so therefore, we don't have to fear death when we die. Because when we're in Christ, he's given us everlasting life. So I, I don't know about you today as I think about this Christmas message, I can say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Anybody ever need forgiveness? Thank you, God, for giving your life for me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord God, for cleaning me up. Because when you put your love on me, you didn't leave me there. You're doing something in my life. And he that has begun a good work, he's going to perform it. So when I look back over my life, no, I'm not all that I should be, but I thank God for where he brought me from. I said, I can thank you for where he brought me from. You don't know what he's done for me. You don't have my story. You think you got me down. You think you got me paid. But you don't know where people been in the midnight hour. You don't know what goes through people's mind when they're on drugs. You don't know what goes through people's mind when Satan tries to fight them. But because God has been on our side.
brought us out and he's keeping us in our right mind. Thank you, Lord, for holding me, keeping me, and healing me, and strengthening me, and restoring me, and being patient with me. I read something there and said that Bethlehem, he came, became God with us. At Calvary, he became God is for us. At Pentecost, he is God in us. At Bethlehem, he became God with us. At Calvary, he became God is for us. Yes. At Pentecost, he's God in us. And God in us, the hope of glory. Amen. As I close today, I want to ask all of us to reflect upon his goodness and say, Lord, I thank you for loving me. Because a lot of people love us, but they don't even know us. No, no, it's true. And a lot of times we won't be transparent with folk because we know if they really know what we know. If they really know what goes through my mind. If they really know the struggles I have, they'll stop loving. So we won't let it know. But Jesus knows all about my struggles. Because he knows all things before they even come to my mind. And he loves me anyhow. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Stand on your feet. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.